Amen. Thank you, Josue. And all that have participated, participated and led out in worship, we thank you, everyone, for that. And Uncle Joe, I do have a, a story of how I problem solved. We, when I was growing up, we had a, a watermelon uh, patch in our garden, and something was eating our watermelons. So we set up some traps, and we captured a, a raccoon. And we put it in the cage, and I put some water and some cat food in the cage. And I problem solved because I locked the cage with a twisty tie. You remember those, uh, the twisty tie that ties the, the bag for the bread? Yeah, guess who's smarter, Uncle Joe? <laughs> the next morning, the raccoon was gone. And you knew exactly how to undo that twisty tie. Oh, my. Well, we're grateful for what God has been doing in our church, and we're grateful for the messages that we've been encountering for the past month. And for the month of October, we're starting a sermon series on the book of Philippians. So I hope that you'll... Uh, take note of that and that the Lord will bless in our journey through the book of Philippians in the month of October. Columnist Deborah Mathis wrote about a time when she was at Union Station in Washington, D.C. It was a particular busy day when she stepped into that station. The first thing that she remembers was how noisy and busy Union Station was. The public address announcer calling out arrivals and departures, scores of noise from pagers and walkie-talkies and cell phones crying out for someone's attention. You could hear horns honking, machines clicking out change and babies crying. A security guard yelled at a man who was about to enter a forbidden area. Three women stood up from their bench in order to argue with each other more loudly. A man in front of her was nervously pacing in a tight circle. But then, then she heard something. She heard someone. She heard someone singing. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Slowly, a change came over the crowd. The voice continued, Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. The quarreling women stopped their talking and quietly took their seats. People who had been tense and hurried seemed to slow down and relax. And they strained to hear the voice singing the remaining verses of that old hymn. And, and Miss Mathis realized that she, too, was actually singing along. No, by the way, so were the three other women who had been bickering. The man in front of her who was behaving nervously quietly said, Nice, huh? I don't even believe in Jesus, but that's nice. Somehow, when we represent the peace of Jesus Christ, chaos is held accountable. Last week, Pastor Kai Kai shared a bit of his testimony as a refugee coming to the United States and how God worked in his life. 
he shared scripture that brought us to that familiar passage in Jeremiah chapter 29. Many of you have actually memorized this, right? Jeremiah chapter 29, verses 11 through 13. So if you would, open your Bibles to Jeremiah chapter 29. We'll review this piece of uh, scripture, this text that Pastor Kai Kai shared with us last week. But I want to do a little bit of a twist to it. And, of course, I spent over 20 years growing up in Texas. And, and in Texas, they use the phrase, y'all. Are you familiar with that? You all is y'all. So here we go. Jeremiah chapter 29, verses 11 through 13. But instead of when you see the word you, don't think of it you as in first person singular. Think of third person plural, y'all, right? Jeremiah chapter 29, verses 11 through 13. For I know the thoughts that I have toward y'all. Says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give y'all a future and a hope. Then you all will call upon me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you all. And y'all will seek me and find me when you all search for me with all of your a powerful piece of scripture there. And for many of us, we draw encouragement from this scripture individually. But when God is relaying this message through the prophet Jeremiah, it is not just for a singular person. It is for a group of people. And so when we look at the backdrop, the context of 11 through 13, this is what's so fascinating. One of, this is one of my favorite passages here in Jeremiah chapter 29. The prophet Jeremiah is sharing God's message from Jerusalem. And at the same time, the pro, the Daniel and other captured Jews were nearly 900 miles away in Babylon. And Daniel faithfully studied the prophet's messages. So when Daniel reads chapter, Jeremiah chapter 29 and he gets to verse 10, he starts getting excited. Because in verse 10, just one verse before that famed passage is a prophecy, a prophecy of how God is going to liberate the captives after how many years? 70 years. Verse 10, for thus the Lord says, after 70 years are completed at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you and cause you to return to this place. Daniel is encouraged. He is so encouraged. He has been praying for this. Maybe three or more times a day, faithfully, at his window, which, which way was the window pointed towards? It's towards Jerusalem. Daniel and the rest of the Jewish captives, were, they wanted to be free of their captivity from Babylon. And they waited for that prophetic message, that prophecy that said that God would deliver them back to Jerusalem. So this is ex pretty exciting. It's exciting for Daniel and the captives, but it should also be exciting for you and I. Why? Because God promises to deliver us from captivity as well. How many of you feel like you're in captivity? How many of you feel like you are oppressed with sin, with addiction? Being held captive uh, by your faults and sins. And yet God promises that he will deliver you and he always comes through with his promise. 
For the Jewish captives, they can choose to have hope in God's deliverance. But they're stuck there for another 70 years. That's a whole lifetime, isn't it? 70 years? It's a whole generation. So what do you do in the meantime? What do you do when you're waiting for the end of that prophecy? What do you do when you're waiting for Jesus to return? How do you live your life? Let's backtrack to the beginning of chapter 29. Go back to the first verse. And there it indicates that this letter that Jeremiah is sending, he's sending this letter to the captives in Babylon. He's, sending, uh, he's placing this letter into the hands of an envoy, a me- some messengers, and those messengers are to deliver this message all the- from Jerusalem, 900 miles all the way to Babylon, to the hands of, guess who? King Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon. King Nebuchadnezzar is actually going to read this letter. Should we be scared of this? Should we be worried? I dare say, no, we don't have to be, because you know why? We find in Daniel that Nebuchadnezzar actually becomes a believer in God Almighty. King Nebuchadnezzar actually is becoming a friend of the Jewish people, the people of God. The letter gives instructions to the Jewish captives, and read with me there in in verses 5 and 6, Jeremiah chapter 29 verses 5 and 6. Here's here's how the letter goes to the captives in Babylon. Build houses, dwell in them, plant gardens and eat their fruit. Take wives and begat sons and daughters and take wives for your sons and give your daughters to husbands so that they may bear sons and daughters that you may be increased there and not diminished. Stay right where you are in captivity in Babylon and prosper. Sounds like that command back in Genesis chapter 1, right? Be fruitful and multiply. God says, hey, even when you're a captive, even while you're waiting to be freed, even though you're longing for a better time, even though Babylon is not your home, stay right there. Grow your families in God. Be prosperous. Make the most of your situation there. And then in verse 7, seek the peace of the city where I have caused you to be carried away captive and pray to the Lord for it. For in its peace, you will have what? Peace. Some versions say in its well-being, you will have well-being. In its prosperity, you will have? Pray for Chicago. Are you okay? Pray for Downers Grove. Pray for the peace of Chicago land. I have uh, former church members in Centralia when they learned that we were heading to Chicago. I couldn't tell them Downers Grove, right? They, what's worse, Downers Grove? I just told them Chicago. Chicago? Why are you going to Chicago? Why are you leaving this place? Rural Washington for Chicago. They threatened to gift us a Kevlar vest. (laughs) 
Well, we're actually 30 minutes west of Chicago. We're in the nice suburbs. And, but even Downers Grove has, has crime, doesn't it? It doesn't matter where you go, rural, suburbs, everywhere still has urban issues, whether it's drugs, crime, whatever it may be. Pray for the peace of the city. For in its peace, you will have peace. Church family, do you need a little bit of peace this morning? Have you been struggling with a little bit of chaos? Maybe you are transplanted away from your, your own home country, your own hometown. And you find yourself here in DuPage County. And back at home, wherever it may be, there is chaos. There is injustice happening. And maybe you need to be praying for the peace of your home country. For in its peace, you will have peace. When was the last time you prayed for the peace of Downers Grove? When was the last time you prayed for the peace of Duke Page County? When was the last time you prayed for the peace of Chicago, of Illinois, of the United States? The Lord is giving instruction to his people who live oppressed and in captivity. Seek the peace of the place that you live in. Make the most of your situation. Grow your family in the Lord. Prosper. Pray for the peace of the place that you live in. For in its peace, you will have peace. God's people are not just to be unto themselves. They're not to be just separated from society. They are not to be isolated from, from, from their everybody else. They were not to be a joyless people full of negativity and criticism. They were not to be divisive in their lifestyle. Actually, God's people are to be actively and proactively searching for and administering peace in Babylon, in the place that they live. God's people are to do the same even today. God has not yet delivered us from oppression and captivity of sin. And so in the meantime, let us be full of joy and positivity. What do you say? Let us be gladventists rather than sadventists or badventists. (laughs) What I desire of my church is to be a church that seeks the peace of its community. I want my church to pray for the Shalom of Downers Grove. For in the shalom of Downers Grove, we as a church family will experience shalom. Isn't that beautiful? Throughout this past quarter in our Sabbath school quarterly, all of Adventism around the world has been studying the mercy and justice of God toward the least of these. This is fantastic. All of Adventism has been studying this in Sabbath school. 
We have learned that there is injustice everywhere as a result of sin. God commands us to reflect his character into a world of sin and display and actively pursue his justice. After all, he is the original author of justice, isn't he? He's the one that wrote the book on social justice. And justice isn't justice without God, the true judge. I would call it biblical justice. God's message to his people through Jeremiah was a message of peace. The Hebrew word, root word there in verse 7 is shalom. God wants his people to seek the shalom of the place where he has put you. Shalom, that Hebrew word, is meant to convey a sense of wholeness, completeness, or soundness, health, safety, well-being, or prosperity. And not just for a little bit of a passing time, but that shalom is meant to last for a long time. God wants you to experience this shalom. For the Babylonian Jews, Jeremiah's message was contrary to other prophets who prophesied of deliverance through a revolt. These false prophets encouraged an uprising to break free of Nebuchadnezzar's rule. But this was not the message from God. Instead of causing a revolt, God wanted his people to seek shalom, the shalom of God for Babylon. We read there, we can read about that there in verses 8 and 9, Jeremiah chapter 29, verses 8 and 9. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, do not let your prophets and your diviners whom are in your midst deceive you, nor listen to your dreams which you cause to be dreamed. For they prophesy falsely to you in my name. I have not sent them, says the Lord. These false prophets wanted a rebellion. They wanted to be free from captivity in Babylon. So some of them were prophesying, hey, let's do this, re this revolt, and in two years we'll be back in Jerusalem. But that's contrary to the message that God was giving to Jeremiah, and where Jeremiah is saying, don't revolt. In fact, do the opposite. Seek the peace of God in Babylon. Which one is more in line with the character of God? Peace or a revolt? Divisiveness or shalom? God wanted his people to be a blessing to Babylon. And I think he's wanting that from us as well. God wants his people to seek the peace, the well-being, the prosperity of the city, the place that God has placed them to live. He is calling us, his people, to seek the shalom of Downers Grove, DuPage County, Chicagoland, Illinois, America, and beyond. Seek the peace. Where God's peace is not, what is there? There is chaos. There is darkness. There is confusion. When God's peace is absent, there is crime, theft, Murder, abuse, human trafficking. When God's peace is lacking, there is fighting, anger, severe anxiety, chronic depression, bigotry, prejudice. 
Where is God's peace? Are we praying for it? Are we seeking for his peace? Church family, we need to seek God's peace. And this can only be gifted to us through Jesus and his sacrifice on the cross. What do you say to that? We can have it. It's a gift. It's free. All we need to do is pray for it, and God will gift us that peace. But that peace doesn't just, we don't need to hoard that peace. We need to spread that peace, gift that peace back to God and to the community in which we live. For thus says the Lord, after 70 years are completed at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good toward you and cause you to return to this place. When prophecy is fulfilled, when you're living that life of shalom in the place that you live, God will deliver you. We live in a time of prophecy, don't we? It seems like it's end-time prophecy, doesn't it? Like, Jesus is supposed to come at any time now. Again, I hope before the next election cycle. <laughs> Which means that we need to be actively and proactively searching and praying for God's peace, his shalom here. Is Jesus coming? Then we as his people need to be praying and seeking for that peace. I'm going to invite our deacons to, to come around and pass out some blue cards. These are response cards at this time. This is a, a very, something very bold that I am inviting our church membership and any friends that we have here today to join with me. If you would, just go ahead and take that card and a writing utensil and just go ahead and put your name, maybe your phone number there. And I have three, three scenarios there that I want you to respond to if you're willing. There's three scenarios there. Number one, I am willing to pray every Tuesday at 10 in the morning at 7 at night for the peace of our local government. Again, number one is, I'm willing to pray every Tuesday at 10 a.m. and 7 p.m. for the peace of our local government. We're praying for our police, the sheriff's department, fire, parks department, jail, anything, government, local government-wise. Your, vill your village council, whether it's Downers Grove or Lyle or Naperville, wherever you live, we're praying for the peace in your local government. We're also praying for the county board, DuPage, Cook. Is it Will County? That's... I'm, I'm trying to learn our geography here. Is that right? Cook, Will, DuPage. We're praying for peace in our local government. So that's, that's number one. If you're willing to pray with me wherever you are at 10 a.m., whether it's at work, at home, at play, 7 p.m. at night, if you're willing to set an alarm on your phone, something that will remind you, I've set it on my phone to give me a prompt at 10 in the morning, at 7 o'clock at night, every Tuesday, I am praying 
for our local government. Would you join me in that? If you're willing to do that, put a check mark there. That's number one. Number two, I'm willing to join Pastor Ira in attending periodically, not every week, DuPage County board meetings on the second and fourth Tuesdays, 10 a.m., and or at Downers Grove Village uh, Council meetings, first, second, third Tuesdays at 7 p.m. I'm willing to go to these meetings and listen in and learn what our local government is doing so that we can pray for the peace of our village here in Downers Grove and our county in DuPage. I want our elected officials to know who we are and that we care about them, that we're praying for them, and that we pray, are praying for the well-being of their constituency. If you're willing to do that with me, you can put a check mark there, number two. Number three, I'm willing, together with our church board and community service team, to actively seek the peace of Downers Grove, DuPage County, Chicagoland, Illinois, and beyond. This is exciting. I've met with some of our community service team already. There's some great ideas that are, are floating, and there's a proposal that will be going to the church, our next church board meeting. We plan to, to meet with Love, Inc. and learn what Love, Inc. is doing, love in the name of Christ. I've heard about DuPage pads, is that right? Seeking to eliminate homelessness in DuPage County. World Vision, my wife and I visited World Vision this past week, learning what they do and how we might be able to partner with World Vision here locally and around the world. I'm interested in growing our, our local Adventist community services in our church here in Downers Grove. I want to be active serving the community whether that's through the food pantry or a homeless ministry of some sort. Uh, there's many good programs out there. Tonight, I'm, I've been invited to a board meeting to give a devotional and a little bit of my experience with community services. This ministry tonight is meeting at 7 o'clock in Berwyn, Adelante Health Ministry, if you've ever heard of that. It's a health ministry by Drs. Alva and Manuel and Esther uh, Alva, uh, doing health ministry, affordable and uh, natural, new start, uh, health ministry. There's all sorts of ideas that we can pursue in, in, in connecting our community with the justice character of God. And I desire for my church to be a part of that process. If that's something that you're willing to partner with us with, would you please check mark that box there. I'm going to invite our praise team to come forward at this time as well. And as you uh, contemplate and fill out that card, you can put your name, phone number, address if you're willing. We're going to sing a, a final hymn here, hymn number 499 in your hymn book. The words may be on the screen as well. What a friend we have in Jesus. Remember that song? in the Union, Union Station in Washington, D.C., when that one voice was singing, what a friend we have in Jesus. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege, privilege it is to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Let us sing this song.